Welcome to the Daryl Smith Podcast Show. Our voices, our views, our generation. Let's conversate. Hello, everybody, and welcome again on this December 18th, 2021. Hard to believe we're seven days away from Christmas and we're about 14 days away from a new year, New Year's Day 2022. Unbelievable. This year is going by so fast. This has been an interesting year. I think it's a been a better year than 2020 last year. Obviously, we're in the midst of a new the virus, the Delta variant, and also the Omicron variant from South Africa that's starting to make headway here and, and big impact. But I think it's better in that we are more, we're moving around more than we did last year at this time. And events are happening right now still, tentatively. And people are doing things more than they did last year at this time. So that is good, but we still got a ways to go. But I'm very hopeful and hopeful that next year is going to even be, a, be a, even a better year. But with that being said, I want to get right into the episode today. And first of all, I want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast and supporting me. These are, this today's episode, I'm recording episode 29 and episode 30. Hard to believe. I started last year, August, and I'll be 30 episodes recorded in at, in, in at today. So um, also, if you are on Spotify, Google, Apple, any place that you can get a podcast, hit the like or subscribe button. So. First, I want to talk about is the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case and uh, the verdict that came through last uh, month in Kenosha. And there's everyone, everyone knows Kyle Rittenhouse, who was 18, not 18 years old, young gentleman, white young kid or gentleman who was from Illinois. Who uh, was He was uh, acquitted of all charges of killing Joseph Rosenbaum, 36 years old, Anthony Huber, 26 years old, and he wounded 27-year-old Gage Groskentz. I don't know if I said it right, Groskins, in the 2020 protest of the Jacob Blake uh, shooting down in Kenosha, in which he claimed it was, it was self-defense. They were coming at him, and he killed him to, uh, because he was defending himself. He was acquitted of all charges of all the two felony counts, uh, first degree, first degree reckless endangerment, and, um, and uh, also intentional homicide. He was acquitted of all charges. And um, I'm going to say, first of all, when the verdict came through, I was actually very surprised because the way that the jury, the jury was deliberating, it took a little longer than I thought for him to make it uh, make a verdict during that week. I thought he was going to at least get convicted of some, one of the, one of the felony charges of at least one or maybe a misdemeanor. And I thought he would get some, maybe a year or two suspended sentence. But to him to get totally acquitted off these charges was was actually maybe very flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. I mean, it's a disappointing thing to happen, but unfortunately, it's a part of the justice system. It's part of our justice system that happened with this verdict that came down that the jurors rendered. Now, how would this be? A, I think it's going to set a negative trend because right now, visual anti shootings and killings are on the rise in this country. You're going to see more of that happening. There was a time back in the 1970s where, late, early mid 70s, where a lot of major motion picture movies talked about vigilante justice and taking matters of your own hands or Murphy's Law or what have you. And unfortunately, I think we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're seeing a trend that's happening right now. And this Kyle Rittenhouse case or verdict is going to amplify it even more than before. So I think that you're going to see a lot, lot more militia groups, uh, white, black, all different racial groups, I think are going to start popping up or have popped up already through our country 
And the fact that most of this, most most states in the country are either concealed carry or open carry, like Texas is, or other states open carry or concealed carry, you're gonna see more people feel like they can take matters in their own in their own hands. And you don't want a situation where you start getting into the Wild West type of scenario. And I think it's something to really watch out for. It could be a very frightening situation. Hopefully, things won't get to the point where you have to start packing a gun to go into actual. Um, you know, grocery store to protect yourself from somebody trying to kill you or pick you off, being an innocent bystander. But I think that we we um we have a ways to go to unite as a country. I do hope that Kyle Rittenhouse is uh he's watches it, he has protection because unfortunately, he's already got some death threats and people are gonna still try to pick him off and kill him because of the fact that he killed these um uh, three young or killed these two individuals and wounded another individual who were part of Black Lives Matters protests. And unfortunately, my heart goes out and sympathies go out to the family of the victims and even the person that got seriously wounded. My, my heart goes out to them, too. And um, their lives will never be the same. And so with Kyle Rittenhouse's life, his life, even though he got acquitted, he got acquitted of the charges, his life would not, would not be the same either at the same time. Now, moving on to my next point, I want to discuss the details of the, of the recent $1.2 trillion U.S. infrastructure bill that was signed into law back last month, November 15th, by President Joe Biden. So, before the bill was going to be passed, it was a proposed for infra- infrastructure at home, like drinking water, high-speed internet, ele- electrical, uh, affordable housing, public school, uh, all the stuff for in- uh, home infrastructure in the U.S. here domestically. Originally, the proposed price tag was $650 billion. It was a $2 trillion proposal. The other part of the proposal was R&D. R&D investment was going to be Part of it also R&D, well, also, sorry, our part of it also was another $621 was going to be proposed for transportation, like high-speed rail, uh, electric cars, uh, buses, all public transportation uh, part was going to be part of the original package. And also, $400 billion was going to be used for elderly uh, care, economy for elderly, elderly citizens. Now, what ended up happening was, for it to get to $1.2 trillion, which was a compromise that the president made, to get it done, two things were taken out of the bill. Caretaker or senior care economy assistance for $400 billion was taken out of the final bill. Secondly, workforce development, which is $100 billion of that, was taken out of this bill before it got signed into law by the president. Now, even though they were taken out and also uh, about uh, free education, also for um, public uh, to your community or to community colleges, is also taken away. and also the, uh, Increase in um, minimum wage was also taken out of the, of the final budget, final bill too. Even though these were not in this bill now, what's happening now with the debt selling bill being up to $2.5 trillion that's got approved recently by Congress to increase the debt selling that was done recently to avoid, avert a shutdown, what's going to happen is that after we get through this, next year come up in 2022, before end, end of the year, I would say next year, this, these two matters, these important matters will be taken up because it is important to deal with the issue of um, senior care uh, care for senior citizens and also for public edu- uh, for community colleges and two-year education to make that free and affordable. I think that's also going to be taken up too. And also workforce development is going to be very important to get these things uh, taken up again in a separate measure to make sure they pass because we're in a juncture right now where the cost of living is, is so high. Everything's higher for gas, food, living expenses, you name it. 
We need some type of relief, and these bills and packages for this uh, infrastructure bills can help with the road, our roads, drinking water. That's a big issue all over the country, especially here in Milwaukee, where we have a big issue with our lead laterals. That addressed the issue of getting that finally resolved once and for all that should have been resolved for the last 40, 50 plus years. Like I said, infrastructure, our roads are crumbling all over the country, our highways, bridges, get those repaired. And also in terms of uh, housing is another thing, too, to make it more affordable housing for people to live and be able to maintain a decent life without having to pay uh, a gazillion type of dollars to pay to live somewhere in a, an apartment or in our house. And another thing, too, is that I think what the workforce development is important, too, because we have to train our workers to be more prepared with the aspect of um, 21st century economy, meaning that in terms of with, um, with the developments of stuff that's happening in the future, in terms of um, Different things that's going to happen with the green economy, with electrical cars, and other green economies are going to be created in the next few years, in the next 10 years or less. I think we have to be prepare our workforce and our future students, high school students and college students, to be ready to take on, to compete with other companies in our in the international world economy, our global economy that we're in right now. I think overall, it was great the bill got passed. Unfortunately, a lot of, t- a lot of times when bills get signed into law or measures like this, they're gonna, it's going to be a matter of compromise to get what you want. You're not always going to get everything you want for your wish list sometimes. Sometimes you have to do it the second and third time around to get all what you want. But that's a part of being able to be a flexible, compromise with other people, and be able to understand, you know what? It's not, it's not all always going to be your way or not going to be a, a peaches and cream or roses or whatever. It's going to be some hard work you have to put into and do some bend over backwards to, make th- to get things done. I do think what the fact that that's how it's impacting President Biden's approval rating is that right now, unfortunately, it's down low. A lot of it's because of the fact that of uh, the fact that people think he's the hell of the economy, the fact about the uh, measures of saying that if you work for a public uh, private sector worker, you have to get your vaccination and get vaccinated instead of doing tests, weekly testing and or getting um Vaccinated, you have to be fully vaccinated unless you want to work at a job in the private sector and also the public sector now. So that's that's creating a lot of uh, stir and a lot of people are not really happy about that, I believe. And the fact we're heading into an, an, uh, midterm elections for 2022, which is going to be very important because these midterm elections could slide either the Congress or Senate or maybe potential both houses to the Republican column. But that's not surprising if that happens, if either goes either way or both ways to the Republicans because. Every time a president in history has got elected, that following midterm election after that president was elected, the opposing party either won either the congressional seats or the U.S. Senate seats, and U.S. Senate seats, and it flipped. Then the next midterm election, it went back to the other party. So it always goes back and forth. I think it's going to be a split. I think it's going to be either, I think the Congress is still going to be held by the Democrats after the midterm elections next year. I think the U.S. Senate is a very good possibility that it could go into the Republican column. It could stay, it could stay in the Democrats' control, but I think it very possibly could go, like I said, Republican control for the, for the Senate, and Congress will still stay uh, Democrat. I'm very confident about that. Depending on the ink, uh, and, you know, with the polls that happen right now, polls do change. At one point, a program for a president could be down low, then all of a sudden within the next few months or a year from now or six months or whatever you have you, his program could be, could be out of the roof or, or vice versa. So those polls are important, but I think the most important polls to look at is if you get towards 2024 for the next presidential election, if Joe Biden does decide to run again for president, those polls lead up to the election, and obviously, obviously election day are the most important thing to look at, electoral college. 
So at that time, if his approval ratings are very low still, going into if he goes for re-election in 2024, then I think you really got we got to be really be, be concerned about that. And he has to be concerned about it too, if it's at that point at that time. But they can always fluctuate and things can get better, especially when we get a handle, a true handle on this virus going into next year to make it very minimum overall. I'm very confident. I think the his approval, his approval rating will go back up to a high rating like it was back in April, May of this year. And then um, my final segment today of this uh, episode is uh, what I'm going to start doing next year for 2022. I'm going to talk. I'm going to start talking about a little bit more about sports. Like I love football. I like basketball also, and a little baseball for the postseason. But I'm going to start talking talking about sports in one of my episodes each month. Like I said, going forward for the new year. So. For the upcoming college football playoff and national championship, the college football playoff is upcoming New Year's Eve, December 31st, between Cincinnati against Alabama in the first game, and the second game will be Georgia against Michigan. So my predictions, and this, this is going to be a tough, I had, I've been going back and forth on, these, on this, my prediction. I'm predicting Cincinnati to pull off an upset and to beat Alabama 34-31 in the last second thriller. In the second game, I predict also, I think Michigan is, is both teams are tough. Miss Georgia's had a great year. Their defense has been, has been rock solid, number one defense in the country. Uh, Michigan's had a great year. Jim Harbaugh beat Ohio State very impressed when they blew out Iowa in the Big Ten title game. I'm going to also go in the upset. I'm going to go with Michigan to beat Georgia 31 to 28. And that sets it up for the national title game January 10th. 2022 at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. And I think that Cinderella's, uh, I think that this, I think the uh, Cinderella's shoe is going to be on the foot of Cincinnati still. I think that uh, they're going to win their first national title in school history in college football and in, in football leagues. And I think they're going to, they're going to beat Michigan in a high scoring game, 37, 34. And I think Luke Fickle is going to be king of the hill in Cincinnati. He's not going nowhere. They already moved into the Big 12 Conference to uh, a Power 5 Conference, and congrats to them, too, for being the first non-Power 5 school to get to the playoff this year. I think it's great, and it's also going to be a, it's going to make a pressing matter to increase it to eight teams instead of four. Like I think it should be eight instead of four to get into the playoffs, make it easier for teams who are not in the non-Power 5 to get into the playoffs. So that's my predictions for the title game. It was tough for me to make those predictions, but um, I think that uh, that's going to happen. And, uh, you're going to be seeing some very exciting national semifinal games and also championship game two at the same time for college football. So with that being said, before we end off the show, I want to first say, tell everybody out there, this is episode will air the second week of, uh, second Wednesday of, uh, in January. I want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas and a happy and safe new year. And I pray that we, like I said, we go into 2022 with some momentum and that next year will be a better year for all of us overall as a whole in our society. So with that being said, I'm going to sign out now. Thank you for listening again. Take care. Be safe out there. And I'm out. <laughs>